Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And Sarah, I'm coming off. Uh, I was, I was, I haven't really had lunch yet, and it's one o'clock my time. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna take a big handful of gorp, you know, which is good old raisins and peanuts. So mm-hmm. I got a little protein with the nuts, little M and M's thrown in there to get me, you know, a little jazz for the podcast. And whoever took the, like, it's like a jar, you know, uh-huh. we we make it and we put it in, in jars. Uh-huh. And whoever ha- took the last handful did not put the top on tightly. And oh. guess what? I picked it up by. Uh, oh, sh- oh! So it cr- shattered it's, to the ground. Oh, it's not. It's a plastic jar, but oh, there's okay. warp all over the floor, which oh, totally great. pisses me off because it's a brand new big jar. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, and now that and now the debate comes up: Do I sweep it up and toss it? Do I try to save it? Oh. <laughs> what do I do? Because it's probably like four cups of it, which is you know, I mean, it's. Oh, and then has um, has Mason come in and be like, "Oh, great! Oh, Tom, Tom, Tom. that's the thing. I just I immediately. I mean, it was really like two minutes of one, and so I'm like, Mason downstairs. So he's (laughs) lying right next to me right now, and I've closed the closed the office door, so he can't get to it. So anyway, so that's the the problem. The the problem was lurking upstairs. Oh, the gorp! I still have to go face it. I know. I have to figure out what I'm going to do. And you're going to be you're going to be ravenous on top of it all. I know. know. I'm pissed off and I'm hungry. So. there um but yeah so what's going on with you how's your how's your running going post victoria yes so uh today was my first uh hard workout i um uh, our coach brie had me doing um kind of a a reverse taper for about two weeks and it was uh i feel very aggressive quote-unquote aggressive on the rest uh tons and tons of rest so i got used to sleeping in and um but hard work at hard hard work this morning what did you do um did molly and i did it was a 58 minute run it was not an hour it was 58 minutes and it included um oh three times four minutes at um 845 pace and then interspersed with two minutes easy recovery and oh my goodness the first one we did at three minutes and then i realized i looked down my arm i'm like oh molly we were supposed to do that at you know four minutes she's like okay we'll make the last one five minutes i'm like oh don't do that i'm like okay brown noser i'm gonna let brie know that that was your idea oh no so we did and then um and then three times two minutes at 10k effort with interspersed with three minutes easy recovery and ooh, that last you know uh two minutes at 10k effort that was that was challenging um and then even the 10 minute jog home i'm like I was thinking, since when is 17th a hill? And Molly suddenly goes, where'd this hill come from? (laughs) But then when we each, it was, and it was raining. And uh, somebody said to us, a guy who was getting into his car, he's like, didn't anybody tell you it's raining? (laughs) And and so then, uh, and it was quite, oh, it's so dark here. Uh, Still, we got a little later start because it's a um, teacher conference day. So there was no school. There's no school today in the next two days. Um, 
But anyway, then when we got home, had to do this. Days for teacher conferences. That's three, co- three, three. That's correct. All that's correct. three of your kids have three days off. Uh, that elementary is, and th- middle school. That is correct. Yes, it is. And then on top of that, I just recently learned that we have two days off. Um, Monday, the day before Veterans Day. And so we have, I guess, so, um, yeah, then the following weekend will be a four-day weekend because we have Monday oh. and Tuesday off because it's, um, you know, planning day and Veterans Day. And, and I'm oh, like, They oh. decided to bundle it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow. And then and then last week, last Wednesday was late start. I'm like, wow, my tax dollars are really not hard at work here. <laughs> if you're a Portland teacher, we love you, but come on, we need to <laughs> we need some... get those kids in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, but then when the, um, then, so following that run, immediately following that run had to do, we went to our respective homes to do um, this, this um, really, really hard, uh, at least for me, um, core workout. It's called Core H. And I guess maybe I could put a link up to it and, um, and then do this hip girdle thing called myrtle which i don't mind those but oh my gosh this i don't know it takes 15 minutes or so and it's holding all these doing all these moves for a minute and it's demoed it's a very kind of amateurish video and it's demoed by this collegiate runner who you know is you know has as much fat as a diet coke as some some people have been known to say um (laughs) and and she um the, the coach is filming her and he's off camera and he's saying during the workout, he says, this is a very advanced workout. This is very challenging. This, you know, uh, you could modify this for your other athletes and have them do it, do these moves. They're still hard, even if you do them for 30 seconds, 20 seconds, even 10 seconds. I'm thinking, why am I doing it for a minute? Yeah, no, I, I've, I've seen that. Bri has sent me that video as well. Yeah, you should link to it. It's very hard. I oh, remember. Oh. I remember it. Yeah. There was this yeah. one, the one thing, finally, the modification, the, the you know, uh, 40-something mother who had a C-section modification is the um, scissoring the legs like in a V-sit, scissoring the legs for a minute. Oh. I. <laughs> I hold my, my, I put my hands underneath my uh, hamstrings as if it's like my hands are like slings coming down from the ceiling because yeah. otherwise my legs barely can get up off the ground. And then, oh, the other thing is that the the plank that you start off with this just demoralizing move that's a plank, but you're facing upward. So you are on your bent elbows and then your feet, you know, your heels are on the ground, but then you lift your entire body as much as you can off the ground. It's like so a reverse plank. Yeah. A reverse yeah. plank. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, but it is so tough. And I just know that like, you know, you could maybe slip a piece of paper under my bum. Like there is just so <laughs> little space. I am so not far off the I can get a ground. mini marshmallow. Don't <laughs> right. ask me to get a big one, right. but we could, we could slide a mini marshmallow under there. I can do the reverse plank. Like that isn't my problem. It's planks when I need to like I can plank with the best of them oh, until you ask me to lift a limb and then all hell breaks. <laughs> like I cannot lift. I mean, I can, but it's just so hard to lift my back leg. Like we do that a lot in Pilates, yeah. you know, and like, and like lift from your hamstrings, lift from your glutes. And it's, and it's so hard to do that and keep your hips. You oh know, yes. And not stable. have a wiggle. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like oh. that's, I, I really like the bird dog for that. Like on all fours, I mm-hmm. feel like that's, you know, that's, that's the mother runner modification. Right. That's manageable. But then, I mean, you know, and then you have to do side planks for a minute and just, I mean, so so come in from the run and it's, 
it was raining, but it was also kind of warm today. And so I came, came in and I just was continuing to sweat. And just, you know, Miller the cat is eyeballing me and like, what are you doing here? And, uh, oh my gosh, side planks. I just find those so challenging. I, and I can do, I can, I can hold one on my right side for a minute, but man, on the left, it is just not, it is, oh. It is a tough workout. So anyway, so it was about when all was said and done, it was almost ninety minutes of exercise. Wow. So, but wow. so back so back to the back to the taper. Uh, do we want to go back to that topic? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny when before we before we started talking, you're like, I have had such a long rest period, and I'm like, really? Like it's been two weeks, and you're like, yeah, two and a half, and I'm like, that does not to me after a marathon, that does not seem like a long time. I think a month. Easily. I mean, really, like we've we've said, like, and you raced that. You didn't run that. You mm-hmm. raced it. Mm-hmm. And we've said, you know, a day of easiness or, or, you know, not of sloth, but a relatively easy workout for every mile you raced. So, you know, by my count, that's almost four weeks. Yeah, but then we, then we have that little thing called the Philly Marathon on November 20th. No, I, I know. No, yeah. I know. I mean, I realize that you've got another thing coming up, so mm-hmm. it's not ideal. But I just think, like... You know, like if you think that you've taken a long time off, like then we have very, well, we have very different perspectives on a lot of things, but I'm like, wow, that does not, because I mean, I just, I mean, I, I slothed for God, at least a month after each of my marathons, if not more. And Iron Man was even too, like... To sloth as a verb. I love it. It's, it is. It's I'm a sloth. I slothed. Um, because, so I'm looking at my, um, you know, I had, um, I worked out the day after the marathon. I, do, uh, I was thankfully still at the hotel. So I did um, some, you know, cycling, you know, just spinning on the bike and did it a little on the elliptical. But then two days of rest and then, um, oh, 30 minutes of, I guess, was it 30 minutes? Was it run? No, no, no. It was swimming, I think. Um, and that, yes, it was, it was swimming. I, I've swum, I have swum twice in the past two weeks. Um, but I mean, to have two back-to-back rest days, that was, that was a lot. And then the first light, the light, the Wait, first. So you just have to, to just zoom out for a second and say to yourself to have two rest days. That's a lot. I mean, the thing is you're in like marathon training mode. Yeah, but to have so two rest in... days in a row is huge for me. I mean, that's that I, 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 I can't remember, you know, I mean, it must've been after my last race that I had two rest days in a row. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then, um, yeah, so I've run, let's see, one, two, um, three, yeah, I don't know. Um, ran both days over the weekend and then ran to and from bar class on Tuesday. So I feel like, okay, we're back in it. All uh, right, back in it. <laughs> back in it. And because, yeah, tomorrow, um, you know, bar plus running four miles and um, it's, I, you know, definitely when I was doing those 10 K pace, I'm like, okay, where's my motivation? Like, <laughs> because I'm, you know, we're not going to be racing at a fast pace, the Philly marathon. I'm not going to be doing that with my cadet, you know, not, not going super fast. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, Bree told me to, so I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> well, so yeah. And how did, Al, how's Allison doing? I know that she was having some hip issues. Yeah. Um, she's, you know, um, working through that and seeing a couple different specialists and, um, so we are um, optimistic that that things will go off as planned. Yeah. So. Does she? Was she able to get in like a nineteen or twenty miler? She did get in nineteen. She was very pleased about that. She, um, I believe, walked up the final hill because it was kind of big, and the hills in um, that part of Connecticut, I know from experience, are big. And uh, but she, her, the PT she'd seen had said to try to stay away from hills. So she had, um, so she walked that, but other than that, she was uh, pretty happy with it. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Good. Yes. Good. Now that makes me yes. happy. Good. I know. And your, your cadet had a great 20 miler Kelly, that you wrote about. Oh, yeah. Yes. Super happy about that. So yeah, so we are, we are good to go, mm-hmm. but even more importantly, more urgently right now, not mm-hmm. more importantly, is that we are good to go on a bunch of questions mm-hmm. that you gathered from the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, are these off of Facebook that you got these? Yes. And I apologize. I realized I didn't put them in a super huge font. I meant to do that in kind of, um, but so yes, they were gathered off of Facebook in the beginning of the summer, so uh, a lot of these questions, pe- people have hopefully figured out their situation or, um, you know, um, uh, some of them write about races. And so I hope the races went well. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> And if not, we'll just make it up that they did. So that's all right. It's all in reality. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I should. I mean, you are a big dreamer and you are a big dream teller. So before we go into this, because I realize that dreams are not really scintillating to anybody who's actually had them. <laughs> But I had an anxiety dream about the marathon with oh, Kelly. Wow. And we met in um we met in a random race, like it was like a rock and roll, and I was like, What are you doing here? <laughs> She's like, What am I doing here? We're running the marathon. And I had a our thirteen point one sweatshirt on and she had it on. She had a different one on. So I'm like, Okay, okay, let's take a picture and we'll add it up and we'll be twenty six point two. Okay, okay. And then um That is so then, classic Dimity to be like, Okay, okay, we got we got the merch okay, on, we'll we gotta take a picture. We'll make it work, we'll make it work. And um and then I guess I ran it with her, but I had no memory of it. Like I had no memory. I was, like we finished the race and I was like, so, you know, and and she's like, we just ran the marathon, Dimity. And she showed me the picture on Facebook. Like it was very surreal. It was (laughs) like, there was, I had, I was, I wasn't there. Like I did, but I I had amnesia for 26.2 miles, which maybe. Are you emotionally committed enough to this race? Maybe that's what I'm trying to tell you. A, but it was it's, weird. I, I very, well, I very rarely dream, and then to have like an anxiety, especially like a month before the race. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be mm-hmm. one thing like the night before, but like I know, I think, I think your cadets rubbing off on you because Kelly sure does seem to, to, to you know, cast she forward. A lot about she does. Yeah. Yes, she does. Yeah. Um, She's a thinker. But, but I have to say that. Uh, so I got my hair cut yesterday, and my. Um, hairstylist Annette um, just ran her first marathon here in Portland on October 5th. Woohoo! And uh, she was telling me how she had a ton of anxiety dreams in the weeks leading up to the marathon. And she named off a couple, I forget, you know, kind of, and I said, oh, and yeah, and you forgot your earbuds. And blah, blah. She's like, oh my gosh, I totally did forget my earbuds. And she said that her friend had dropped her off and she's walking toward the start and she suddenly realizes that she'd left the earbuds in the friend's car. She immediately calls a friend. She's like, bring me back my earbuds. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so those anxiety dreams, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, do come true. Sometimes they're real. (laughs) Yeah. Also, maybe, uh, Kelly, if I show up with a 13.1 sweatshirt on, you might just have to slap me a couple times and be like, Timothy, are you in there? Are you in there? (laughs) You're going to wear our Run Philly hoodie. That's what, there's going to be no 13.1 sweatshirts. You're going to Run Philly. Yes. Yes. All right. So Yvonne is going to ask our first question. She's Mm -hmm. not running Philly and Mm -hmm. who knows what she was doing last spring, but we'll, but we'll help her now. (laughs) Um, uh, As a new runner, I've only done two longer races, a 10K and a 15K, both of which were abysmal failures in my book. I am great at the training, but my races are awful. Well, this is a timely question. I have a 10-miler and my first ever half later this year, and I'm already a nervous wreck that those races will be terrible too. How can I get over this fear, or is there a better way to ensure I won't have another race day collapse? 
Yeah. So, I mean, so, so, <laughs> so, so you start, well, it might be too late, Yvonne, but <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, you can learn. Others can learn. So. Others can learn. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I really feel that for maybe people who have maybe had a, a bad half marathon or something like that, um, I really think go back to this the beginning and start with a 5k, you know, in our book, Train Like a Mother, you and I are both big proponents of, you know, the kind of gradual step up way to go from a race. So start with some 5k's, build to a 10k, then do a half marathon, do some half marathons before you take on a marathon. And, um, you know, because you learn so much from each race, you know, whether it's about fueling or hydration or about whether you like music or not, or, you know, what apparel works for you, whatever. So you can really build on that knowledge in longer races. But, you know, just kind of stepping up to a longer distance, it's like flying blind. Sure, sure. Well, and I'm wondering how her races were abysmal fail- failure. She said that she did great at the training, so I'm assuming that she did the training plan. Mm-hmm. My guess is that she went out too fast, which is mm-hmm. such, you know, and so for if you do that at a 10-miler or a 15K, which is about, you know, 9.9 miles, mm-hmm. um, that's going to definitely hurt you. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think... If, if you have done this or, you know, or if you are heading to a bigger race and you, and you've done the step up, like you need to think about your paces and run your own race. And so when mm-hmm. you start off the starting line, you need to be okay. You know, if you look down and you see an 820 and the fastest you've ever run in training is a 945, you're going to pay for it. Like there is no magic like bucket to dip into that says, Oh, I'll give you another minute and 40 seconds on this mile. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. you are not trained to run that fast. And so, um, so I guess that that's, that's, I mean, that's my first thing. And, 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 um, I mean, what I do a lot when I'm running long runs is I like visualize myself in the race. Like, Mm -hmm. how am I doing? What's going on? Am I eating? Am I drinking? Am I running the pace that I need to? And it's so easy to get caught up and and not think about what you need to do when you're racing. So, I mean, it's, it's so basic and we've said it so many times, but really you've got to just run your training runs. Like you're going to take your race. Yeah. That they really are practice um, prep for your race. And um, it's interesting. My hairdresser again, Annette, she was saying, she said, Oh yeah, I hear that everybody says they all want to go out so fast. I didn't feel that in my marathon. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. I like it. Yeah, I know. I, I cited a couple examples of when I've gone out too fast or when you went out too fast in uh, Nashville, rock and you roll Nashville. You've that up a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that story enough times. <laughs> but it's but it's just so easy to let the adrenaline and the excitement of the race atmosphere. And yes. so, you know, and just, I mean, I learned at Victoria that, um, you know, you can let people go ahead of you and you will rein them in. There was this, um, I was kind of jockeying with um leads with this one woman in the first half of the race. She was wearing this striped tank top and this cute little skirt. So it really, she stood out in my mind. And boy, I mean, I finished like 10 or 15 minutes ahead of her. And I was like, wow, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is your head. I mean, she's talking about how can I get over this fear? Mm-hmm. And if these races did go well, if this 10, uh, if her 10 miler and her first half did go well, I would, <laughs> I would flash back three months, Yvonne, and, um, and write down what went well about it. Even if there were some things that didn't go well, like go back and say, I did this right. I did that right. I ate the right meal. I drank at these times, whatever. And to just kind of have like kind of a cheat sheet for you of what you do well at races. And so when you get those nervous, like, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, it's going to suck. It's whatever. Like you can go back and look and say, no, these are the things I know I can do well. Mm -hmm. And then this is what I'm going to improve upon. And, you know, and again, and and then, then there's just the basic, like, you know, 
I'm going to do poorly. Every time that comes in your head, say, no, I'm going to nail it. You know, it's just that positive mental self-talk is, is so powerful. So just, you know, don't allow negative thoughts in your head. A lot easier said than done for a lot of us, but this isn't going to suck. No, I'm going to nail it. This is what I need to do. I'm going to see that finish line and feel so great. You know, just all these like sentences again and again. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope she has race amnesia about that 10K and that 15K that didn't go well. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so we have a question from Nicole and uh, several other gals asked this question. So that's why I put it in here. She wants to know how to pick a try coach. What worked well in the relationship? How much interaction, phone, email, text in person is nor- quote unquote normal? Do they come to your events? How much feedback is normal after sending weekly progress? So Fear Dimity, you might know a thing or two about a triathlon and having a triathlon coach. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, so I think, I mean, it's a lot like picking another relationship in your life. That means a lot. It could be a hairdresser. It could be a doctor. It could be, you know, a best running friend. It's somebody who, you know, you just connect with. I, I, I really trust my gut on a lot of things. Like, you know, like when I went to go look for preschools for Ben, I went to the first one, love the director, love the teacher he was going to have. I was like, done. I don't need to go look at four other ones for him, you know? So so I'm pretty much like that. So, I mean, so, you know, if, but, but interview or talk to as many people as you need to, um, because you want to get that right relationship. You want them to understand where you are in your life. I mean, the, the thing that was great about Brie for us and well, me in particular was that I said, you know, this is, I have a lot of demands on my time, you know, mm-hmm. and even though she doesn't have kids, you know, she definitely respected my lifestyle and the other things that came into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I said, I only want to do one workout a day, she didn't push back and say, no, but most Ironman, you know, training, you do two a day. Mm-hmm. You know, she just made it work in a way that I, you know, I mean, those workouts were long and they took a while, but I still got it done. And she, and she listened to my, listened to my request. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that that's really important. It's like a give and take is important. Um, and it's all you know, how much interaction is normal. I mean, it depends upon how much you need, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and again, that should be discussed up front. You know, is it, is it this fee, this monthly fee that I'm paying you? Does that include uh, feedback from every workout? Does that include, yeah, you know, a call. one call a month? Does mm-hmm. it include, you know, an emails that come up? I mean, of course, when things come up, like when I had a coach also a different coach for the 2007 when we did the Nike women's marathon mm-hmm. and when yeah. I had a stress fracture and then and then I sprained my ankle after I got the stress fracture. I mean, you know, I was on the phone with her both times, you know, but we hadn't, we didn't really talk that much. So, you know, when stuff like that comes up, I mean, I think it's understood that a coach is going to help you and get you through. Um, it's interesting. But, it's interesting if you would, would to kind of cast back to 2007, how different it is just given technology and sure. that, you know, because we both work with Brie over training peaks. And so, you know, we can load our GPS and the information goes directly into it. And so that she can slice and dice the info and just garner a lot of information from that. And just, I think, finding out how much information the coach really utilizes. So, are you know, is the coach laying out... Um, you know, a month at a time, or is she like Brie does, you know, looks at our workouts and, and tailors them based on our, you know, how, how will we do on this Wednesday's workout kind of helps determine what we're doing next, all of next week, that sort of thing. Sure. Sure. So, so, I mean, you, you really have to just take a whole bunch of things into account. Um, and you know, and then how much, Feedback is normal after sending weekly progress. I mean, again, like, are you going to have like daily progress? So training peaks, what happens is she gives you a workout 
um, you go in, you, like you said, you download your GPS and then you put in notes like, oh, mm-hmm. that was really hard or mm-hmm. that felt really good or I couldn't get to those paces or my mm-hmm. abs hurt or, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they can, it's like a discussion in there. So you can have that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm the, the way that I'm helping Kelly, my 26 strong cadet is I just send her an email every week with her workouts and I don't get a lot of feedback from her, which mm-hmm. is fine. You know, I'm sure I would get feedback if she was not being able to do it, but you know, I, I assume that she's doing okay. So again, it just, all just needs to be set up up front. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't assume anything. Yeah, and just and just know what they what their expectations are and what your expectations are, as long as you're clear. Right. Um, and then the last question was, did they come to your events? I mean, that's that's obviously something that you can ask them. Bree was. I was the luckiest uh, iron mother ever. <laughs> she came to Coeur d'Alene and it was funny. So she and her husband recently moved to Boulder and I had dinner with her on Friday night. And it turns out that she's doing Coeur d'Alene next year. I'm oh. like, oh, so it was a scouting trip. It wasn't just a <laughs> cheer on divity trip. Nice. Um, but... Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was, I, I haven't mentioned this to you before, but um, once during my training for Victoria, it, just flashed through my mind. I was like, oh man, I really wish Brie would come. And then I'm like, oh no, 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 that's ridiculous. It's Canada. You know, it's far away. She just moved everything like that. And so then when we had our talk before the race, she said, uh, she just suddenly said, Sarah, I, I looked into airfare. It's just so expensive to get to Canada. I'm so sorry. I can't be there. And I was like, it just means the world to me that you even looked into it. Like that's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's obviously a big, I mean, it's a big commitment from the coach, especially if it's not a local race and you guys aren't in the same city, but again, that's something to discuss from the beginning. And right. Right. It, or maybe if that, yeah. I mean, if it's a local race or, you know, maybe if they're training a bunch of athletes who are going to be at one goal race, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But and I- since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. 
For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. Honestly, it's nice to have them there, but at that point, you know, if the, if the relationship has gone well, mm-hmm. like you're just carrying out the plans, you know, yes. if the training has gone well and everything, it's, I mean, it's nice to have them there. I won't lie, but it's like, I was like zipping by like, hi, hi, you know, <laughs> thanks for being here. You know, it's not like you're like sitting down and discussing right. your heart right. rate, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean, ultimately, cause um, Jack and I had a really nice kind of romantic vacation in Victoria. So I was like, oh, I'm glad just me and Jack. Exactly. <laughs> within oh my goodness within an hour of being in victoria we were in uh we were having happy hour jack loves oysters and um so we were sitting down and i just both of us just blurred out i am so glad the kids aren't here <laughs> <laughs> oh it's nice it's nice yeah yeah so um so Catherine's question um is it wrong to have a time goal for your first marathon if if not what can i expect should i just take my half time and double it so I put this in because I'm thinking it's a looking forward to spring 2015 racing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, the, the 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 like kind of rule of thumb with a marathon, especially a first time marathon, is that you double your your half marathon time, which you suggested, Catherine, and then you add another. I mean, 10 minutes minimum, and I would say up to 20 minutes, depending upon where, you know, what kind of pace you run. And, you know, if you stop to take pictures or walk to the water stations or now you're going to have to sit in the porta potty for a little bit or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you you know, just straight up doubling your half marathon time is probably not going to get you the results that you expect. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. That's (laughs) because, you know, it seems like 26.2 is 13.1 plus 13.1. But that, you know that's only true in math class. That, that a marathon <laughs> or in my dreams, <laughs> right, right, yes. in your social media dreams. <laughs> so you know, I, I mean, when I was thinking about this question, I don't know if you've ever read that book by Dr. Seuss on Beyond Zebra, and it's just these kids who make up just these, you know, oh no, it's not just A through Z. It goes on all these letters, and then just these funny rhymes about it. And it's just there's a whole bunch of thrilling unknowns that can happen to you when you go beyond thirteen point one. And it is just not just as simple as adding another 13.1 on top of it. You know, nutrition, hydration becomes so much more critical. You know, you alluded to bathroom issues. You know, your your body can sometimes keep everything intact and together for, for a half marathon, but sometimes it things get not shaken so get shaken loose a little bit, you yeah. know. Um, you know, and then also, you know, if the if the wheels fall off your bus bus in a half marathon, you know, maybe you got a five K to get through at the end of it. And you know, that you can get through thirteen point one miles, you know. But if the if your wheels fall off the bus, you know, mile seventeen, eighteen of a marathon, it's like Oh, that that finish line's still really quite it's a, a ways off. It's an eternity, it's an eternity, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's not it's not wrong to have a goal. I mean, you can definitely set mm-hmm. it, but I think it's important to have realistic goals. And and like we write in um, Train Like a Mother, you know, having an A, B, and C goal. And mm-hmm. so no matter what, you're going to meet your goal. So your A goal is everything goes well. I I run exactly how I've trained, and I nail the race. Mm-hmm. You know, the B goal is okay, not quite exactly perfect. The weather screwed me up. My IT band hurt a little bit. You know, I had to, you know, stop for a porta potty, whatever, but I'm, you know, within a, 
something that I feel like is a good, you know, an acceptable time for where I am. And then the seagull is, yeah, oh my gosh, I got four flat tires that day <laughs> and I was vomiting and, you know, and it was coming out the other end and, you know, I never thought I'd see the finish line, but I finished. I feel like the seagull should always just be like, finish and get a great picture. <laughs> and you can do that no matter what, you know, yeah. because, you know, especially if you're having a tough day, you know, you see that finish line, you are elated. So, um, yeah. so having a couple levels of goals means that you're going to have a race day success no matter what. And then when someone asks how to go, you can just say, I met my goal. Right. <laughs> and then that's all you need. You know, they don't, you don't have to, you don't have to spill all the, the intimate right. details. Sure. Sure. And then, but then, you know, I do, uh, there was this one woman, I believe her name might've been Lindsay. And I think it was posted on our Facebook page, but she followed, um, a train like a mother marathon plan. And she just completely, it was her first marathon. She just exceeded any goal that she had. And she went way faster than she expected. She ran a 340.15, I think it was. And Hate her. I know, I know. And I think she said if she'd, she was like, oh, I had no idea. I was so close to qualify for Boston. I guess if she'd run, you know, 340 or below. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how much is that a true dream? Like no, no marathon nightmare. That's a marathon dream that you just yeah, go out there yeah. and just... Um, so, you know, it can, um, you can run faster or slower, but you know, um, you know, the truth is, is that most people's first marathons tend to be a little slower than their dreams might lead them to hope for. But the good, the good news is your first marathon, you know, you get that under your belt (laughs) and then you get to cross it off. And if, and if that's enough, that's enough. And it, or if you want to, you know, now you know what it feels like to run that distance and then you can kind of plan strategically more for your next race. Yeah. Oh my God. I have to mention Annette one more time. So, she, so like I said, she ran, <laughs> she ran Portland and oh my gosh, her finish time, five hours and two seconds. I'm like, oh, oh man, couldn't you just like shave three seconds off? <laughs> I got to say that's easier to remember than like 458.17 or something like that, you know? Yeah. I kind of like that. 502. Yeah. 50002. Right. She just said she had no idea how close she was. And I was like, oh, man, those two seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read Amy's questions. I was kind of intrigued by it. It said, um, if you live in a hilly area and every run is basically a hilly run, do you have to do hill repeats? Or can can you get by with incorporating some speed into some of the uphills that you normally do anyway? I don't. Yeah, I think that if I think she's good to yeah. go. And it's funny. I just wrote, um, actually we should link to this Sarah, um, in the podcast too, for the Saucony 26 strong program. Um, the last blog post we wrote was about our favorite workout. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my favorite run these days is a six miler from my house. And it's very hilly. Like there's no choice. You're either going up or down pretty oh. much. There's no flat. And, um, and the way that I wrote about it is that you can either, you know, on the days I just want to run, I go run and know that I've had a good workout, you know, mm-hmm. even when I don't want to run, <laughs> I just go run. Um, but then you can, you can also like make it into different workouts. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to increase the intensity with every hill, you know? Mm. So by the end of the workout, you know, I'm definitely pushing really hard on the final few hills That's so or clever decrease it. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I, you know, I mean, it's like, I just, you know, That's... anything to get my mind off the fact that I'm going to run. I know, but it's almost like you're like an internal treadmill. It's like, 
like, okay, we're going to, it's like you're on an automatic program that, that, you know, it's like seven hills and it gets yeah. increasingly difficult with each one. Yeah. It's just harder to push yourself when you're not on the treadmill. Like, yeah. Oh, that was hard enough. That was good enough. You can also do it the other way, you know, after like a 10 minute warm up or so, or after you feel good, you know, you can hit the first hill really hard and then bring it down. That's what I like to do more. I like to get the hard work out of the way at the beginning. Um, the other thing that I really like to do with hills, um, is as, um, each hill you can also take as like a microcosm and just build with the intensity mm-hmm. with at, towards you when, you know, as you get to those top, you build and build and build in the intensity and then, um, 10 steps up and over, like mm. finish that hill strong. Do not let yourself off the hook when you feel that like relief of, ah, I've made it, you know, and your legs kind of, you know, stop clinching, mm-hmm. like push for 10 more steps to take you up and over the hill and down the backside. That's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deem that the dimity. To pull, the dimity, to, the, the dimity, steps. yeah, to pull a dimity because, um, and I definitely, uh, you had even told me that, that this isn't just something you say on the podcast and on our website. I mean, this is, this is integral dimity way of doing things because you know the hills were my undoing at the start of this whole party which was the nike women's marathon in 2007 and then we went back and got to run the half which is the hilly part of that race in 2008 2009 and it was either i think it was 2009 maybe and i just charged up the end of each of those hills and it was just like whoop and it was all based on your suggestion to, oh. um, yeah. And, the, and that for the, if you don't know that, that boop, 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 that's me passing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case you wanted the woman with a striped shirt and the cute skirt on that Sarah yeah. taking her down. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that is very much you to, um, you know, really surge and, and, uh, over crest the hill as it were. So, yeah, so I wouldn't definitely do, you know, I don't think you need to do hill repeats, but you can definitely make them more intense along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you cannot underestimate the power of a good hill in terms of building strength and and leg turnover and and everything. So they're bogos. Buy one get one. <laughs> yeah, that's you a... get strength and speed from hills. I swear <laughs> yeah. to God. Yeah. I think in a past life you must have like worked at Walmart or something because you're all about you. I I didn't realize I didn't know that bogo term until we started writing, you know, our website. <laughs> you didn't know what a bogo was? I didn't know what a bogo was. Oh, no. Geez. Well, I, it's mostly oh geez, oh geez. Um, I have to say that I think I learned it, you know, from the Payless shoe commercials, Payless oh. shoe store commercials. Okay. They have a lot of BOGO deals. Now, now, if you're listening right now, you're going to notice it every time. You're like, oh, there's the BOGO. Because <laughs> right. um, I, I think you watch more commercial. You know, I'm more of the DVR it and, and fast forward through it. So you actually, I think, are watching more commercials than I am. Okay. So Kristen says, I'd really like to get faster. I have started incorporating speed work into my week and I recently cut significant time off my half marathon PR, but I'd still like to get faster. Ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably stand to lose some weight, but I'm not really sure I want to. I'm pretty happy with my body right now. So I don't know if that, so I don't know that I want to make a big deal about my weight unless it will make a difference in my speed. So I guess the question is, is there a measurable correlation between weight loss and speed gain? Oh, yeah. This is a topic I internally debate quite a lot and <laughs> definitely leading up to Victoria and trying to run faster. And so, and I touched on this topic in uh, my essay in uh, Tales from Another Mother Runner. And so... Preview, preview yeah, alert. Yes. So, so here's, here's part, here's a little snippet. Um, for every pound loss, studies suggest a runner can go two seconds faster per mile. Over the course of a marathon, losing five pounds would translate to finishing four minutes, 22 seconds faster. 
Um, gosh, I hope we said seconds, not second. Um, anyway, I hope we caught that at copy editing. My gosh. Um, <laughs> dropping 10 pounds would shave almost nine minutes off the clock. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's a significant amount of time. And, oh, gosh, le- the weeks leading up to my race, I was like, oh, maybe I really should have lost some weight. Maybe I really should have lost some weight. And, you know, I just I'm, – I'm just like Kristen, you know. Like I, I, I just don't want to make a big deal about my weight. And I – um, you well, know. let's. I mean, you you don't you don't have a lot of extra weight, Sarah. I mean, you have a belly, but that's that is. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying anything you no, haven't said oh, before. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, you know, but I but it's not like you're like you know. I don't feel like you're carrying around 25 extra pounds or something. You make it sound like you know you're shopping at Lane Bryant, which you're not. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, so you know, I just enjoy eating, and um, I'm just not you know I'm not a calorie counter, and. So instead, I focus on building speed instead of losing pounds. To me, you know, I'd rather go out and, and you know, hurt for an hour, for 58 minutes. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then do some side planks with Miller. Yeah. Then, then count your, you know, yeah, then, then, make, then make from for lunch. Not that I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm like, you know. Although if the gorp was from the floor, then maybe I wouldn't eat it. So <laughs> maybe I should I know, drop I all I my the, food I on the I floor. I think I made the executive decision to sweep it up. Uh, yeah. Even though it pains me very much, I think I just got to sweep it up and call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I agree. I mean, so there's a book actually called Racing Weight by mm. Matt, Matt Fitzgerald. Yeah. And if you are, you know, if you really are interested in the correlation and want to see what you can do, um, that book is very, uh, very detailed and helpful. It's funny. Um, so this woman named Bethany Meyer, who is going to be running the Boston Marathon on our behalf um, through a Stonyfield uh, yogurt program. Mm-hmm. She's going to start writing a blog regularly, or writing entries regularly on our website mm-hmm. um, in in the coming year. Um, so she and I were talking the other day, just kind of t- setting things up, and um, and she was like, you know, just tell me, tell me what to eat, you know, like tell me if I need to eat more salmon or something. And I was like, I'm not going to tell you what to eat, Bethany. She goes, Well, my husband, I mean, so her husband was obsessed with going sub 25k, oh. which is freaking fast, you sub, know, sub 25 uh, minutes for a 5k. You mean? Yes. Sub 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sub 20 minutes. Oh, I got you. Okay. For a 5k. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, you know, he's running, you know, six minute miles, um, somewhere in there. Right. We can't <laughs> do the math. Seven, <laughs> seven times three is 21. So that's not going to work. So somewhere in the six minute range. Um, and anyway, he read racing weight and she, you know, that's totally his thing mm. because she, so she brought it up and she goes, yeah, and he had this book about like, you know, eating and ra- running or whatever. And I was like, it was called racing weight. Mm-hmm. She's like, I have no idea. And then later, <laughs> um, later she texted me and she was like, yep, it's called racing weight. Matt Fitzgerald, Matt Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And we happen to have a copy of it. Um, sitting on our books by our cookbooks for whatever reason. Grant's, Grant's a little into stuff like that too, my husband. And so I took a picture of it. And so it was racing weight. There's a book called Laundry um, and then like something else. And so I took a picture Those of it. Those were Grant's like, books. Yeah. <laughs> Laundry. I think, do you remember that book, Home Comforts? I mean, I think it was written by a woman named Cheryl. Oh. It was really thick. I mean, mm. and it was kind of in vogue. Um, when did I get married? In, in 2000. So it was probably kind of cool around then. And so she wrote this book called Home Comforts that it's it's really thick and it um goes it talks about everything like getting stains out of things, how to clean dust ruffles, like it is very <laughs> 
a very, very thorough, comprehensive. It's like the joy of cooking, but for housekeeping. Mm-hmm. The joy of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. The joy of housekeeping. And so then I guess that did so well that laundry followed it up. Oh and um, and, I don't we, know how and we labored laundry. over the title of our third book for how long? And somebody <laughs> names the book Laundry. <laughs> I know you call it running. I know. Well, and then, and then I said Bethany and yeah, and I don't think I've ever cracked the spine on laundry. And um, and she was like where did you get that? And I'm like, it's, it got a, it must've been like a bridal shower gift or something. She's like, let's hope so. (laughs) I don't think I would have bought a book on laundry. I mean, they're, they're actually really beautiful books and really well written. If you're into that kind of thing, you know, they're, they're very, uh, very helpful. But, um, anyway, that's a long detour for no reason other than racing weight, um, is a, is a good resource. If you, if you want that, Kristen. Sure. Sure. I hope you did tell Bethany though, to eat some Stonyfield farm yogurt. That, that's a good thing to do. <laughs> I did. You can have salmon as long as it has, you oh, know, a nice yogurt, yogurt dressing with some dill in it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It sounds fabulous. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we got this, this question, I think Dimity, you might have, um, some experience answering. Uh, this is from Kara. How do you get back to running after a long layoff following injury? Long layoff, all caps. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly very L-O-N-G. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I mean, yes, I've been there, done that. And um, I mean, the way that I do it is set out for the first week, three 20-minute runs. Um, the, and all you do is run for a minute, walk for a minute. 20 minutes, you're done. You don't feel good and get to go for another mile. You just plan a route, go out for 10, come back for 10, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, one minute running, one minute walking. And then, um, you know, the next week you can maybe go 25 minutes and maybe do two, one or something like that, but just gradually increase the amount of time you spend on your feet, but do it in such a way that is like so conservative because the worst thing you want to do is hurt yourself again mm-hmm. and your body. Unfortunately, you know, there's no savings account in running. You, not because your odometer has clicked a thousand miles. It doesn't mean that you get to start where you were when you hit a thousand miles. Like you have to start back at zero. Yeah. And so that means increasing, you know, your mileage, not more than 10% a week. Um, you know, all those kind of like really basic rules and really just doing the run walk until you feel like, okay, you know, you go one, one, two, one, you know, maybe three, one, four, one. I mean, you can kind of feel where you are and how it, how it, um, just naturally, you, I think if you pay attention to your body, you'll naturally know when you're ready to kind of bump it up a little bit. I have a question. While you were talking, it suddenly occurred to me. So you say, um, you know, to go out and doing a, a run walk, I guess, can you start out, like, do you have to do the running first when you run walk? Do you do, no, so if it's a 10? No, 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 I would because, start, I would probably start with a five minute fast walk and then start running. Okay. Cause that, cause even on the, or on our, you know, when we did 13 point fun and we had a walk run program, I mean, I guess I'd be kind of inclined to, if, if the intervals was, you know, I don't know, two minutes of walking and then five minutes of running, I'd be like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that two minutes of walking first. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's dealer's choice, Sarah. Okay. I, yeah. I think, I think, uh, whatever feels right. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Good. 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 Okay. And, um, then our last question comes from Christina and, um, arm position while running, does it matter? And, um, for this one, I turned, um, to an article that I remembered reading in my favorite source, (laughs) the New York times. Yes, <laughs> which, yes, yeah, which uh, Gretchen Reynolds had written about a recent study that was done at the running mecca of Boulder at the University of Colorado there about um, arm swing, and it found that natural arm swing is best. And um, 
You know, because I think there's a lot of thought that like, oh, you know, arms help you power your legs and that sort of thing. And, you know, the whole, oh, arms set the pace. And reading that, rereading that article by Gretchen Reynolds, sort of, you know, nope, they're, they're, that, you know, um, these researchers aren't exactly, they weren't exactly able to pinpoint what it is about the arms that, that help you during running. You know, there was a theory mm-hmm. that arms acts as a counterbalance to your moving legs or possibly give you a slight lift or bounce. And um, that Jen, then just one researcher in the article said, normal arm swing is energetically a much cheaper way to counteract the motion of the legs than using the muscles in the torso, which I agree with that. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can move my arms a whole lot better than I can utilize the muscles in my torso. The torso, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and then another researcher, this was intriguing to me, um, the study's findings emphasize that there is no single ideal way to swing the arms as long as you swing them at all. <laughs> he said, uh, he said most people will settle into the arm swing that the, that's the most efficient for them. And totally made me think of my pal Ellison, who's been on this podcast. Um, she has a very, shall we say, unique arm swing, Dimity. And um, that uh, she, I believe it's her... I want to say it's her right arm, but I could be wrong about that. She just holds it at a very stiff kind of unusual angle and doesn't move it nearly as much as she moves the other arm. So sure. much so much so that people during races have actually, other runners have actually asked her if she was a stroke survivor. Wow. And then, and, um, and when I run next to her, I can only run on the left side of her because it, out of the peripheral vision, it gives me kind of this freaky vision of her with the Frankenstein. The, it's just she holds it kind of like a like a bird wing almost, and it's and I, so and she's she's very petite to begin with, and so I feel like this lumbering person next to her anyway. <laughs> but it just kind of kind of freaks me out. So and she's you know I mean if Ellison was here in the room, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Oh you know, sure, she, sure, you know, she, know she knows she has a but yet she rocks every marathon she's ever run. She's qualified for Boston every single marathon she has ever run. Why do why do I like Ellison again? Um, remind me of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like so Lindsay, we like her. I mean, good thing they're good people because we like them, even though they're you know Super not sweetie. fair fast. Right, not fair fast. I like it. Um, yeah, so you know that um, you know just do you know Chris Christina just do what works for you. Just make sure you are swinging your arms when you run. Right. Well, yeah, and Paula Radcliffe does the same thing. I mean, she's got a kind of a little bit of an awkward um, arm situation going. I mean, I don't think that the arms, I mean, what you were saying earlier about how they power you up or whatever, I don't think that that's, I mean, I do think that they said help, the, I think they do help set the pace. But, you know, when I say use them on the hills, mm-hmm. it's almost because I don't want to, it just seems to help the effort. Like if I think like, oh, my arms are climbing the hill for me, it, it takes the focus off of what really hurts, you know? Mm. So that's, that's, that's the reason why I kind of say that. I mean, I think it sounds like, you know, they do all this studying to find, oh, the natural arm swing is best. And guess what? You know what? Like with your running form, pretty much the way that you naturally run is probably the best way for you to run. Certainly we can tweak your form a little bit, but for the most part, you know, what you have going is kind of what is best for your body. Sure. I mean, that's what people kind of come around to. It's like a Paula Pounce on wait, wait, don't tell me. She's always like, they did a study about what? Like who's who's financing this? (laughs) Good to know that ring-tailed lemurs like purple grapes but not green ones you know like (laughs) this is enhancing my life how 
Right. Right. Oh my goodness. So well, we have come to the end of that. And, and, um, but we do always, we're now going to always mention our retreat at the end of our podcast, aren't we, Dimity? We are because we are going to the little, to the rock, (laughs) the little, to the rock. And we got great news this week in that Sage Roundtree, the yogi slash author slash all around amazing mother runner, tri coach, Mm -hmm. running coach. What else? Uh, She's an iron woman, I believe. Iron woman. She's Mm -hmm. a wine connoisseur. Her husband is, uh, owns a restaurant. She Mm -hmm. knows a lot about food and wine. Yeah. Um, And so that she, and she's been a guest on, most importantly, she's been a guest on our (laughs) podcast twice. Yeah. We Uh, have a little bit of a girl crush. I won't won't, uh, lie. So anyway, she's going to join us. Um, So, I mean, she is just an amazing resource along with coach Christine Hinton. Mm -hmm. Um, We are looking into getting an awesome, awesome sports dietitian that's going to be there as well as of course, Sarah and I. Um, So we are going to have such a blast and Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I can hardly wait. I know. And that's next April 16 through 19 in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I will put a link to it because uh, you made this awesome new landing page on our website well, yeah, about it. You can it. also find it at, because I made an awesome new landing page, <laughs> <laughs> you can just find it as at anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. Mm, nice. Nice. So, and to find other facets of us, you can go to Facebook and where we are Run Like a Mother, the book. Our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and the upcoming Tales from Another Mother Runner are all available on Amazon.com. And no matter how many miles you're going, many have... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Perfect. Who wants to go sweep the gore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>